Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. Now, let's enjoy this week's message. Beyond blessed. And so what does it mean to be blessed? Well, well, being blessed means, man, we, we, good things are happening to us, right? And so I think one of the things that we miss in our culture a lot is because as a culture, not necessarily you individually, so hear what I'm saying, as a culture, we've become so biblically illiterate. We miss out on so much. People don't read the Bible like followers of Jesus should. But when you read the Bible and you read the Old Testament and you come back to the place that there is one God and he alone is sovereign. And, and it's not only that, that he's the only God. It's not only that he's the only God, but, but he's perfect and he's the creator and he created everything and he holds everything together and he is our source of strength, our source of life, our source of joy. And through all of that, he calls us to worship him and he's worthy of our worship. And when we do, when we worship him the way that he prescribes for us to, 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 to worship, he pours out blessings on our lives. And some of us are living lives that are missing out on the blessings that God wants to pour out on us because we refuse to align ourselves with the way that he calls us to worship him. Well, this morning, this is not a beat you up kind of a message. This is God saying, how can my people not only live a blessed life, but a life that is beyond blessed? And so that's where we're going this morning and over the next couple of weeks. I want to start by reading this passage of scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verses 10 and 12, if you have your outline there in front of you, you can read along. It says, now he who supplies seed to the sower. That's a very important phrase. He who supplies seed to the sower. And so, so if you're a farmer and you're going to go plant a crop, what do you have to have? Well, you have to have ground. You have to have a field. You have to have uh, a knowledge of how to do this, but you have to have seed to put into the ground. Well, where does that seed come from? It says to he who supplies seed. Well, God is the one who supplies the seed. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply. He's going to give you what you need and increase your store of seed. See, if you have a store of seed, you can come back again next year and plant again. In season, you can always be planting and always be bringing in more, but you have to sow the seed. Follow with me here. Increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. I don't know if you've thought about this. I don't know if you've thought about your desire to be a more righteous person. Maybe you're just trying to live your life, get your bills paid, do what you're doing day in and day out. But God wants you to grow in your righteousness. And growing in your righteousness doesn't just mean like my grandmother used to tell me. Grandmother wrote in my Bible when I was a kid. It said, always be a good boy. That's terrible theology, man. God didn't create men to always be good boys. Come on, somebody. God wants his men to be dangerous. God wants his men to be passionate. God wants his men to be on our knees before him saying, King, what's my instruction? Where do you want me to go, King? He doesn't want us to always be a good boy. He wants us to grow in our righteousness. And in our righteousness, we get closer to him. And as we get closer to him, we hear more clearly the instructions he's given us. And the one who supplies seed to the sower if we sow the seed that he gives us, and I'm not just talking money here. If we, if we share our lives with other people, 
if we pray for other people, if we proclaim the gospel to other people, if we take time to help people, if we carve out time out of our schedule to go where hurting people are, and yes, even if we give our money where God wants us to give our money, we will increase in our righteousness. You want a better life? Increase in your righteousness. Get closer to God and live more in line with the way he would have you to live. Then it says you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. You know who cannot be generous on every occasion? Broke people. It's okay, you can laugh at that. I'll explain it more in a minute. If you don't have enough money to, 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 to pay your mortgage, then how are you gonna help someone who needs uh, help along the way? You say, Jeff, you done going to meddling. Yes, I have, I'm gonna meddle a little bit today. If that's all right, I ain't even sleep none last night. Y'all in for it. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. You know what we heard this week? In el nombre de Jesus, gloria a Dios. I don't even speak Spanish, man. They're talking about glory to God in the name of Jesus. It overflows. Your giving right here in this house has produced glory to God in the Dominican Republic. Come on, somebody. Let faith arise in this house, man. And so I want to talk to you today about, about why should I tithe? Why should I tithe? Some of y'all are like, oh, man, I should have just slept on in this morning. That joker going to talk about tithing again. You know what? I talk about tithing just about every weekend here. When we do the offering, I try to take time to teach and reteach because it's such an important thing. Jesus taught so much on, on money and how money becomes a God in our lives and how it takes over our hearts, but he doesn't want that for us. He wants us to love him. He provides the seed to the sower, and then he will direct us into where to sow that seed. So much I want to say to you. Let me stay on track here. Why should I tithe? Before I answer that question, let's talk about why do people not tithe? I think one of the reasons that people don't tithe is because if you've never been a person who, who was a church going person, if you didn't grow up going to church, if you've never been taught these things, nobody's ever told you. I think one of the reasons people don't tithe is because they've not been taught to. And if you've never been taught, how would you know? That's okay. That's why I teach on this once a year. Every year we teach on this thing of tithing. Pretty much every week when we do an offering talk, we try to bring it back to why is it that we tithe? What's the purpose of it? But I think a lot of people don't tithe because they don't know and they've never been taught. And so if, 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 if you are in this house today and you've been coming here for a while and, and you would say, well, Jeff, I didn't know, let me apologize to you then if I've not taught on this enough because this is a spiritual discipline, just like prayer, just like fasting, just like sharing our faith, just like reading our Bible, this is one of those things. And so one of the reasons people don't tithe is because they don't know. Huh. Another reason people don't tithe, because they don't want to. Amen, right? They don't want to. Some people have heard the word of God, read it and said, okay, it says that I should tithe, but I don't really want to do that. And so they don't. Now, I can't go much farther beyond that. I don't know why they don't want to, but, but there's a reason that people don't want to and they don't. So um, there's that reason. Some people would say the third reason that people don't tithe is because people would say, well, I can't afford to tithe, Jeff. It takes everything I can to make it. I can't afford to tithe. And if you're in that boat right now, you're thinking, man, 
Life is hard. I work hard. Takes everything I can to, to provide for my kids, my family, to put, put food on the table. Can I just tell you, I get it. I understand that. Please hear me say this. This is not a place where somebody's going to beat you up because of what you give or don't give. In most cases, I have no idea what you give and don't give. Sometimes they'll send me a, a report so that I can show gratitude to people who are giving. But I don't, on a weekly basis, I don't, I don't know what you give. And really, truly, I would say I don't care, but I do care because as a pastor to you, it's my job to, to, to help lead you to those places where you'll be blessed. And if you don't give, you're missing out on, on aligning yourself with the blessings of God. And if you say, well, Jeff, I can't afford to tithe. I'd love to, but I can't afford to. I would say to you, you can't afford not to. And I'm going to show you how in just a moment. Show you how in just a moment. Why should I tithe? Well, let's go through um, four things this morning. Four things. Number one is that tithing honors God. Tithing honors God. Look at the verse here. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Honor the Lord. What does that word mean? What does it mean to honor the Lord? Honor the Lord. Well, it's kind of where I went just a moment ago when I talked about how when we think about who God really is, like, like who God really is, there are there, there's a president of the United States, but there's been a lot of presidents of the United States. The president has a lot of power, but there's been a lot of presidents. There, there's, a, there's a lot of world leaders, but there's only one God. God and Satan are not equals. God's not fighting against Satan. God is God. He's all powerful. There is none like him. He is the provider of everything. So when it says honor the Lord, it's saying if you're not, if you're not consciously in your life, Thinking about the one who created you, who has a purpose, a plan, is the provider of seed to you as the sower, you're missing out on what God wants you to do. All of creation screams his glory. As we were flying in last night, looking out the, the, the window of planes over the last few days, and just looking over the clouds and seeing lightning in the clouds and, and, and seeing massive bodies of water and sunrises and sunset, all of those things declare and scream the glory of God. And he says, honor the Lord. Are you honoring the Lord? Are you so concerned about your everyday life? Okay, here's my schedule. Here's what I got to do. Got to get this done this week. It's Thanksgiving. Got to get down and get those turkeys before they get off sale. Somebody make sure somebody gets the cranberry sauce if you come into my house too, right? I don't want no frilly cranberry sauce with berries in it. Get the kind that comes out the can, got the ridges on it. Shows you exactly where to cut it. Come on, somebody. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits. Stop, stop, stop. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Then he says, and with the first fruits. What does it mean when he says, honor the Lord with your wealth? Well, that's what you have. He doesn't say just honor the Lord with your words, does he? He says, honor the Lord with your wealth. So if you have accumulated some stuff, if you've accumulated some possessions, if you've accumulated some money, he says, honor the Lord with that. In other words, use whatever you have, your gifts, your talents, your resources, your money, honor the Lord by giving of that to him and he's going to bless you. And then it says, honor the Lord with your, your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce or all that you produce, you might say. 
We have to remember now that, that, that this is Old Testament and we're talking about uh, a group of people who would have understood agricultural, very agrarian society at that point, right? And so, so it wasn't like they were going out and making a million dollars in the stock market. They were, they were farmers in a lot of cases. And what the tithe had taught them through the Old Testament law was when, when, when you plant that field, when you plant that crop, and when harvest time comes, the, the principle of the tithe, yeah, it's about a tenth, but it's not just about giving a tenth of what comes in. It's giving the first tenth. The first tenth. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. All of the first fruits. Why, why, why is that important? Because when the crop comes in and you go out and you harvest, you've been waiting all year long. Now, now think about it. We can, we can fast forward through that, but you think about that farmer who takes the seed and puts it in the ground and he, 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 he fertilizes it and he covers it up and he does everything that he can. What's he going to do then? He has to wait for sunshine. He has to wait for rain. Where's that going to come from? Well, he can't produce that. But when God gives the right amount of sunshine, when God gives the right amount of rain, in other words, when God provides everything that's needed to produce the environment that's needed to bring forth the harvest, when that harvest comes in, you honor the one who gave that to you. But when you don't honor him with the first fruits, it's like saying, yeah, you gave me the seed, you gave me the sunshine, you gave me the rain, but I'm just going to take all of this and use it all for me. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We don't honor the Lord with our first fruits. We keep it all to ourselves when we don't tithe. But when we do tithe, it's not just about the 10%, y'all. It's about the first 10%. And that's so important because it's saying, God, you allowed me to have this. Now I'm going to give back to you. And some of us say, well, Jeff, I get all of that. And I get the thing last week from the video about the animal that was born and the firstborn, and you got to redeem it and break its neck. And I get all of that, but I just can't afford it. I can't afford it. Brought me a bag of apples with me this morning. Let's say this bag is what you brought home in, in salary or what you made last week. And, and let, let, let's talk about this bag. Let, let's get the money out of the bag. So we got, we, got, we got a handful of apples here. And as we start bringing things out, we got a number of things we got to do with what we have. Now, some of y'all saw this. We did this last year. I've probably done this a few times. I love this little illustration because it's so simple, but it's, it, it's, it's reality. This is, this is the world that we live in. And so when we look at everything that we earned this week or this month or whenever we got paid or whatever, here's what we have. And we can, we can get it all out and we can look at it. And we got some things we got to do with it. And what most people do what most people do is say, here, okay, here's, here's what I earned last week. And so I got some things I got to do. So let me, let me take care of my mortgage. We got to make sure we get the bills paid. And man, I looked in that refrigerator this morning and it was one slice of cheese and, and the mayonnaise was gone. So let's go get some groceries because we ain't had that. Oh man, that dog's been limping. We need to take a dog to the vet. Anybody got a dog, right? Yeah, that's $400 right there. Every time you go, just Go take the dog to the vet. We got to do that. Hey, did y'all know it's Black Friday? Let's, let's take two of these because it's something they're going to sell on Black Friday. We, we got to buy some of that stuff. And, um, oh, insurance. Let me make sure I take care of that. And, uh, shoo, I don't have time to cook. So let's, let's, let's eat out. Let's eat out a couple of times this week. And, oh yeah, so-and-so's birthday is coming up. Let's make sure we do that. And Christmas is coming and Man, when's payday? Today's Wednesday. When we get paid again? Friday. 
shoot, I meant to give some to the church this week. I don't have nothing left this time. I meant to give God some. Well, where, hey, let me ask you a question. Where'd you get that bag? Where'd that bag come from? Who made those apples? Who, who made that money? Who gave it to you? Oh yeah, I forgot about him. What God says, what God says, instead of doing it this way, and listen, I get it. If you say I can't afford to tithe, what you've just done is you've just used everything that he gave you and now you left and he hadn't blessed any of it. You just used it however you wanted to. You said, God, this is what I'm going to do with what you've given me. But when you say, okay, here's my bag and God, number one, God, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that you have provided me with my income. Thank you, God, that you've given me what I need, what my family needs. And, 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 and what you've given me, God, in reality is enough. Might not be enough to do everything that I want, but it's enough to do what I need. And I thank you for that. And so, God, this is the first one that I'm taking out of the bag. And I'm giving it to you. Now, that one's yours. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching anything else before I give you yours. First fruits. You understand what I'm saying? First fruits going to him. Now, God, thank you for everything you provided. God says, now the rest of that bag, you know what that bag is? That's a blessed bag right there. Because you gave the first to him. He says, I'm going to bless that. I'll make it go farther than it could go naturally. I can, I can give you seed out of this that you can make more happen with. But when we don't take the time to give God the first fruits, he's not going to bless the rest of it. And so when you say, I can't afford to tithe, you can't afford not to because what you're doing when you're not tithing is you're living on unblessed resources that you're doing the best you can with and maybe you're doing great with it, but God can do infinitely more than we ever dare ask or hope or think or imagine with what he gives to us. Does that make sense? Man, I get it. I know this is, this is hard to hear sometimes. Some of you hear that and you say, Jeff, I just barely make enough. And I would say to you, Give God your heart. Maybe you can't start at 10%. I'd love to see you do that, but maybe that's not feasible for you. But start somewhere and start working towards that. Here's the second thing tithing does. Tithing breaks the grip of greed. Tithing breaks the grip of greed. So in Matthew 6, New Testament verse here, Jesus' words, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I think that's a word for the church in America today. You can't serve both God and money. And um, we want so much, we have so much, but if we're not careful, man, if we're not careful, money can become our idol. And what does tithing do? Well, tithing says, I'm going to break that grip of greed. When, when I don't tithe, what I'm saying is mine, 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 mine. Just like they're doing down on the kindergarten hall right now. You know somebody down there got some goldfish and the other little kids trying to get in there going, no, it's not yours, it's mine. And some of y'all are feeling like that kindergartner right now, like God's trying to reach into your goldfish pile. And you say, no, it's mine. Get off of me. But God says, you want to break the grip of greed, break the mind, mind, mind. Take Take what he's given you, offer it to him, and watch what he does. It's developing a heart of generosity. Now, if you come from a, a place of, maybe you come from a family that was poor growing up. Maybe, maybe you come from a place that all you've ever known is lack, and we don't have enough. And you've got this mindset that, that man, I got I to get mine. I got to hold on to more. I got to dig for more. There's a mindset that needs to shift. And there's a mindset that shifts when you realize that everything you need is going to come from God. 
He's going to give you the ability to work. He's going to give you the ability to earn. And he's going to give you everything that you need. You got to go get it. But when you get it, you got to realize you got to give back to him. And he'll break that grip of greed. That's the second thing. Third thing, tithing is God's method for funding his work. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Old Testament passage, again, going back to the law. And if you're not familiar with the Old Testament and the way things were set up, um, there, there was a group of, of priests, the Levitical priests, tribe of Levi. I won't go into all, chasing all of those rabbits. There was a group of people, 12 tribes of Israel. 11 of those tribes had, had land that God had given them. The 12th tribe were to work the temple. And that's what they did. They lived in the temple. They worked there. God did not give them land. And God set up a system where the people who took care of the temple and the sacrifices had everything they needed provided by the other 11 tribes of Israel. As they would tithe, they would bring things into the temple and that would provide for the people who did the work of the ministry. That's an Old Testament concept, but it carries over into the New Testament. And so what he's saying is, is bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Well, what's the storehouse in our context? It's your local church. It's where you go to church. And so if this is your church home, if you're a visitor with us, man, welcome. Glad you're here. But if this is where you call home and you worship here week after week, this is your church home. What he's saying is bring the whole tithe, that's the first 10%, into the storehouse, right? So that there may be food in my house. Food in his house, in our context, means that there's money to do the ministry that God wants to give us. And I just can't explain to you guys, can't describe to you the amount of vision that we have in this church for the work that we want to do. Week after week after week, we talk with people who are struggling with this situation and that situation. And, and our work is so dependent on volunteers to help make things happen. And we have some amazing volunteers. But as the church grows and as the need grows, there's need for, for more people who are, who are trained and, and, and being able to help in all of these circumstances. There, there's need for facilities type things. Some of y'all know, man, last year we had a big scare when we came in one Sunday and uh, there was no heat in the building and it was cold. Well, guess what? We have not fixed that thing yet. And it's cold weather. We got some quotes coming in and it's going to be like $150,000 to put a new HVAC system in this place. That might be on the low end. God will provide. But how does that kind of thing happen? When God's people give and we take care of the things so that we have facilities so that we can do stuff. We talk about being a church that does ministry every day of the week. Well, that's how we do it. We turn the lights on. We turn the heat on. We turn the air on, whatever. There's so much ministry that gets done here and you are the ones who fund it. Now, I've told you all this before. I'm not a big fan of all the fundraisers, like selling cookies or, or, or car washes. Sometimes those things are necessary, but you know why they're necessary? It's only necessary because the tithing isn't taking place. Let me put it another way. This church has all the money it needs to do everything that God wants to do. It's just in your pockets and you got to get it out. Come on, somebody. I'm kidding about that. I don't really even like kidding about it because, because there've been so many churches that have mishandled money. And so many of y'all have been hurt by people who, who stand in front of you in the name of ministry and have taken advantage of all of those things. 
I can tell you that's not happening here. Like when you give to this church, and I won't go on a long rant about this, but there's a budget. We work within that budget. There's salaries for staff. Like, like you've never heard us say, pass the baskets. Oh, we didn't get enough this week for what we need. Pass them again. You don't hear that kind of thing here. We work with what, what, what you provide and what, what we've been given. But I really do believe that there's a huge vision for this church. And what we've seen over the last 10 years is only touching into it. There's so much need and God wants to do so much. I won't, I won't keep hammering on that. Let me go to the last thing. Number four, God blesses the tithe. God blesses the tithe. I mean, do you need to hear more than that? When, 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 you, when you tithe, God blesses it. Second Corinthians nine, verses six and eight. Six through eight, this backs up to where we started. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now just stop right there. If nothing else made sense to you today, that's got to make sense. If you put three seeds in the ground, you have the potential to reap a harvest of whatever those three seeds can produce. But if you put 30,000 seeds in the ground, you have the potential to reap so much more. And that's what he's saying. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You've heard a lot of times in churches that God loves a cheerful giver, but I love the first half of that verse. Let me read that again. It says, it says each of you should, should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Here's what I make of that. You hear a message like this today, you hear a series like this, and you consider what God's word says. You and your spouse go home, you talk about it. Yeah, we really do want to align our lives with God. Yeah, we really do want to be tithers. How do we do that? Well, I can't get there this week, but let's start making some, pro, uh, some progress in that. Maybe, maybe we start at a percentage and we grow with that. Maybe we just leap in at 10% and trust God. I don't know, that's between you and God, however you get there. But it says each of you should give what you've decided in your heart. You should love this, and here's why. What God is saying is don't let somebody come and twist your arm and manipulate you and make you feel guilty because you give or don't give. That's not what I'm trying to do. You can look at it clearly, plainly, and see the word of God. He's saying decide in your heart, be happy about what you're giving, and then give with a cheerful heart. When you give on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or however you give and, and you have that confidence that I'm giving, making an investment in God's kingdom, when I'm giving and, and bringing glory to God through my giving, there is a cheerfulness that comes to your heart. That's what he's calling us to do. And then he says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Do you see why the tithe is so important? God wants to bless you. He wants to give you what you need. But if you're making up your mind that, that, that I didn't know, okay, now you know. If you're making up your mind, I don't want to, God's saying, do you see why I want you to? If you're making up your mind that I can't afford to, God's saying, let me show you how to afford to. What God's saying today is there's a realignment that needs to take place. And it has nothing to do with church budgets, has everything to do with the glory of God, has everything to do with your heavenly father who loves you and wants to bless you. As a dad, I have kids and I love it when there's something that I know one of my kids wants and I'm able to get it and I'm able to give it to them and I see the joy on their face. If as an earthly father, I feel that way, how do you think God feels? When he, he has all the resources, he has everything, and he wants to give to his kids, 
But when he looks at his kids and he doesn't see gratitude, he doesn't see honor, he sees indifference, he sees mine, mine, mine. Why would God want to pour into that? God wants to bless you. And it starts through this act of tithing. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com.